Welcome to the Cultivated Grace Podcast with Will and Kate Purvis. Listen in weekly as we teach you how to live by faith and receive all the benefits Jesus died and rose from the grave to give you. Join us as we dig into God's Word and plant seeds of faith through real-life application. All right, welcome to the Cultivated Grace podcast, the very first one. So this would be 001, or if we're going to the thousands, it's 00001. It's such a dork. <laughs> uh, so what we want to do today is we kind of want to we want to fire up on some pretty uh, interesting stuff here. Uh, one of the things that we want to talk about, of course, is uh, in the name, you know, we want to cultivate the grace of God in your life or help you, you know, point you in that direction. But uh, one of the main things that we're going to talk about is faith. We're going to talk about how to believe God. We're going to talk about how to live according to the word of God, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only, so on and so forth. So what I'm kind of seeing in our circles, even our even the circles that we run in, that people don't really live by faith. They don't, they don't, um, let me say it like this. The people that I always thought that were pretty solid sometimes, you know, they, they're not that solid. What and, would you consider, when you say live by faith, mm-hmm. tell me, like, what do you consider living by faith? What does that mean? So, I guess the breakdown, the the very simple principle of it is, is if you see it in the Word of God, that's true. It's let the Word of God be true, and let all your outside external circumstances be a lie. You know, facts, I should say, facts don't trump truth. So if the Word of God is true, if the Word of God is true, and it doesn't matter what the facts say. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter how you feel. And it can be tough. Let me say it. Uh, emotionally, physically. I mean, let's just say, for example, if you believe in God in the financial arena, that can be tough when the bill collectors are calling, especially if it's more than one. You know, that's that's hard. I mean, it can be emotionally straining. They're, they're like, hey, you better give my money, you know? And I'm like, or, you know, I've been in that situation, and I'd be like, well, you'll get it when I get it, because you know, <laughs> I got people owe me money, too, you know, and uh, when they pay me, I'll be paying you, you know, but the truth is that the Word of God does lay out a lot of things, like uh, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, that's a statement of truth, and it supersedes what we see so those are the basics just an example of the basics but so for you when you say you don't see a lot of people living by faith you mean you don't see a lot of people anymore who are looking to the bible for their truth and then applying that to their lives and kind of staking their lives on it because everybody's living their truth right now everybody's living their truth they're not living the truth and the truth is is that if God said he supplies your needs, and that's the bottom line, it doesn't matter what the external circumstances, it doesn't matter what other people are telling you, it doesn't matter that the bill collectors are on your tail, it doesn't matter. The truth is, he provides. And uh, if he's your shepherd, you shall not want. Those type things. So yeah, I'm seeing a lot of things in the body of Christ. I mean, there's been circles, you know, in the body of Christ that they just, they've never believed the Bible. They say they do, cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. They don't believe it. It's just, a, it's, that kind of sounds rude, but it's true. I mean, there's, there's, there's sex, S-E-C-T-S, <laughs> sex. I didn't know where we were going with in that. The, uh, Took in, a turn there. In Christendom, you know, <laughs> that, uh, there's. Circles, there are circles. There are groups. <laughs> In in Christendom, you see that uh, that's for another episode, y'all. They <laughs> not the first one. You know, they say you know we're we are. Uh, I mean, they control probably the majority of Bible schools or seminaries or whatever, and they are like staunch uh, 
Well, they're 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 basically Pharisees, quite a bit of them. They they know the Bible. They've read it cover to cover, but they have their theologies on it, and they interpret everything through their theologies, which a lot of us do, you know. Uh, and uh, they base their experiences on what they see, and not what they know to be true in the Word. Yeah, well, the Bible does say that, but my experience is this and that, and it doesn't matter what your experience is. I mean, let's just use a revelation, a, a verse in Revelation. Uh, it says that they loved not their life unto death, that they, that they overcame the devil by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their own life unto death. In other words, and then there's another place that talks about how these died in faith, not receiving the promises, as Hebrews 11, chapter 11. They died in faith, and they didn't receive the promise. There was things that God that God showed to Abraham that he died and never saw it, you know. But they died in faith. There were things that the prophets saw. Look at Isaiah, who prophesied about Jesus probably more than any other prophet in the Bible. He never he saw him. Died without seeing the Messiah, the 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 fulfillment of the prophecy. But course, he died in faith. That's where one of the big kind of chasms are. Schism, chasm. Mm, schism. That's a whole nother word. Mm-hmm. In, in the, this is a thing semantics for us. Mm-hmm. It's a, re- a repetitive thing, <laughs> consistent. Um, I lost it. That's where one of the the kind of gaps is. I think for a lot of people is that it's so hard to believe what the Bible says when what you're seeing is the complete and total opposite of that. And you and I have had this conversation. Mm-hmm. quite often about what we call alternate reality where yes. you know god created the world to operate perfectly and then right. sin was introduced through or death was introduced through sin right and so everything now kind of operates in what we call sort of like an alternate reality where this was not the perfect way that he created it but there is a spiritual realm and it's not right. like an alternate reality where this is what's going on in this earth and there's another earth somewhere. It's not like that. Right. It's just that there is a spiritual realm and then there is the physical realm. Right. And if what we're seeing in the physical realm is not lining up with what the word says, then we have to ask ourselves, are we going to believe what we see and what we experience right. or are we going to believe the word? Because one of them, if, the, if they're simultaneous, if we're seeing the word say the word says this, but we're mm. not experiencing this, one of those two things is wrong. So right. is it the word or is it your experience? And we right. have had to come to the conclusion in our life that our experience is wrong. Right. And then we have to believe all the while in experiencing faith, it. All the all the while experiencing it. Yeah. And we've had to to stay in faith that the word is true despite what we're experiencing. But the mm-hmm. truth is, is that eventually when you stay in faith of that, you start to bring those two things into alignment and, and right. they start to really, you know, come much closer together and eventually. Well, in a lot together. of these instances where we've experienced tough times and stuff, we're on the backside of that. Right. You know, uh, Thank God. you know, that don't uh, mean any more. <laughs> well, I mean, we are never going to have, you're never not going to have an opportunity on this side of eternity to not grow in your faith mm-hmm. because on the backside of, of eternity, like for example, when we all go to heaven or, uh, is there a song like that? And when we all go to heaven, anyway, when we get there, the Bible says that he is going to forever show us the riches of his grace. There, there's always going to be another level. There's always going to be another opportunity to use our faith in being created in the likeness and the image of God, God lives by faith. If you don't believe me, go to Hebrews chapter 11. The very first part of the chapter talks about by faith, God created the heavens and the earth. He didn't say universe. Everybody wants to say universe. There's Well, we won't get into that, but there is no universe. But he didn't say universe. Stop. He said the heavens <laughs> and the earth and all that in them is. So, here's the thing. By faith, God created. By faith, God created. And so, God is a faith God. 
and he lives by faith because there's nobody more just and righteous than God. And God lives by faith, for the just shall live by faith. So if we want to be like God, we have to live by faith. What does that mean to live by faith? It means, (coughs) pardon me, just like we've been saying, we take what God said and we believe that over anything else. Now, there's some other details such as, you know, a lot of we are also creating the image of God in the sense that we are the only being in the world in in created existence that has the ability to say whatever we want to say. We can say anything. But should we? No, we shouldn't say anything. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we have that choice. Angels don't have that choice. Right. God has that choice, but angels don't. Your dog and your cat, they don't have a choice. Parrots, they don't choose what they say. They mimic what they've heard. Okay? So and they're voc- and they're they're limited to what they they could probably say ten different phrases, but they it's only phrases that that they've heard and they mimic that. It's a mimic, not a. Right, there's no understanding of the. Yeah, meaning a lot of people believe it. huskies can talk, but they can't. They just go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is is being the only creature created in the image of God. We can speak, and we have the right or the free will, you could say, to speak what we want to speak. However, there's a responsibility that comes with that. Yes, yeah, so in Hebrews chapter 11, it says we understand that through faith the worlds were framed by God. Well, how did he frame the world? He framed the world by speaking. That's why we have the word of God. We don't have the physical presence of God, right? We have the word of God. Why is it called the word of God? Because that's what he said, Okay, and, you know, you could you could get into, you know, with the worlds, you could say the world itself, like, you know, the physical, the, you know, earth that we stand on. Or you could talk about the world in the sense that, uh, you know, the the dynamic that we live in, such as right now we live in the world of the Western world or there's an Eastern world or whatever. But the truth is that God framed the world by faith. And how did he do that? In the beginning, God said, let there be light. He said, let us make man in our own image. He said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. He said, let the water bring forth living creatures and the birds of the earth. It's, he said these things. These are things that he said And when he said something, it happened. See, if God took our words and turned the volume up on them, we'd be in a mess. We would kill ourselves all the time. And that, and it does happen. We do kill ourselves by what we say. Okay, this is not New Age. New Age is a ripoff by of what's true. So, by what we say. We frame our world, okay? We Our lives are the sums of the things that well, we have The Bible says said. life and death is in the power of the and tongue. In the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat, eat the fruit of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that love talking. And there are a lot of places in the Bible, I say a lot, there are two that I can think of right now where it talks about the tongue ensnaring the people. Yes, you're snared by the words of your mouth. You did. You, what a lot of people don't understand is that God has nothing but good for us. But we limit him. Oh, well, how do you limit God? He's sovereign. Yeah, he's sovereign in the sense that he created this system that we operate in, and he's not going to buck the system that he created. He sovereignly set these things in motion, and he sovereignly taught us how to use it, and he is sovereignly not going to change it for nobody. And so when he says you're snared by the words of your mouth, then you are. When he says that the... uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue, then you can take that to the bank because it's good, you know? And so 
by faith, just like God in his in his image, we frame our worlds by faith. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three and twenty four that whatsoever you shall say, you shall have it. Okay, he didn't say whether it's good or bad. He said you'll have it. That's just the bottom line. And so we have to watch the things that we say. Well, what do we say? Well, that's the point of getting into the scriptures to find out what God said. Uh, and the truth is, is that we should only be speaking faith. We should only be and speaking the word of God. if our faith is built God, by yeah. being in the word, that's then right. those are the things that we should be speaking. Yep, yep. Well, and it, like I said, we're not talking about the new age. We're not talking about the secret, so quote just unquote, manifesting and stuff like that. We're talking about, we are talking about what new age has ripped off. So for clarification purposes, and without going into a tangent on the new age, yeah, we won't. Because yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for that today. All that mess. Um, give just a, a general when you say that the new age and what you're talking about by that is like manifesting by speaking things. Mm-hmm. What explain the difference in like the new age manifestation principles and okay. speaking faith. And, All right. and the principles therein. So, let me give you like a definition of new age. New age is spiritualism without account- accountability. Okay. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, new age also encompasses many, many things such as witchcraft, Kabbalah. Right. Uh, or Kabbalah or whatever you want to call Jewish mysticism, mysticism uh, witchcraft, uh, uh, spiritism, Santeria, hoodoo, voodoo, all these things are all lumped into new age mm-hmm. and uh like uh, yoga and all of this but stuff. the principle that we see here that people often accuse us of practicing using and practicing yeah. which is not so okay it if would you're not, be like manifestation type thing yeah if you're not exactly familiar with some of it uh you know what if you're not strong, name it and claim it is what we're what? yeah if you're not strong <laughs> in the lord i really recommend that you stay away from new age and uh, under trying to understand it until you're solid in the word of god because there's a lot of stuff that sounds true and it rips off what is true but then takes the accountability out of it so New Age uses something called manifestation. What they what they're say, and you'll you will okay. One of the best places to find this principle being used is in the business world. Yes, heavily. We are in business. We own a couple of businesses, and we you know study business. And, it, and a lot of people in the business world used affirmations, and they use this thing called the secret, which is manifesting through you know uh if you put out into the universe whatever it's, you put out there you're going to get back karma is it it's essential? karma yep to get what you want which karma is also a rip off of sowing and reaping you know whatsoever man sows if he sows to the flesh he'll reap corruption if he sows to the spirit he'll reap life well that's karma being you know that's uh, you know, Kabbalah and, and uh, Hinduism ripping off what's true in the Word of God. The devil has never created anything new. He's always just rip, rip, ripped off God's principles. Right. It's been taken <clears throat> and kind of turned. Yeah, and twisted. To not worship God, but to worship Him. And see, we're not saying that we can just go out there and manifest new cars, houses, and airplanes. We're right. saying that God said such and such, and we line up what we say to match that for example himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses in his own body on the tree and he says he bare our sin in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness that's a promise by, by whose, whose stripes, stripes you, you were, were healed. healed well when you stiff you know even before you start feeling bad people the television will tell you all the lies that you should believe. Oh, it's flu season. Oh, it's this season. They're oh, one of the only countries season. in the world where they can There's two. advertise pharmaceuticals directly to Everywhere else it's illegal except for here in New Zealand. Which, it's interesting to know that if you're an American citizen or a, a citizen of New Zealand and you move to another country and make money, those are the only two countries in the world Hold also on. that you have to pay taxes Stop. back to your original <laughs> Go country. Go back to where we so, were. <laughs> just, just so you know. 
So basically what I'm saying is is that we're not just out here willy nilly in it. Right. It's not you know, say. I'm I'm gonna have a a right. blue Bentley tomorrow because I want one. Yeah, I mean, well, if I give it enough time, I'll manifest a good relationship. No, I mean, garbage in is garbage out. You're a jerk. You can't manifest a good relationship. Right. If the person you're in a relationship with is a jerk, you can't manifest that. Well, I'm just saying, like, they they just said, like, a lot of this new age stuff is that if they determine that this is, and and let me say this, (coughs) in our circles, there is a lot There's of that. A lot of it because it's confusion, and sometimes these people are young in this idea, and they're young in the faith period, and they just start believing whatever. But Keith Moore has some good stuff on this right now, and he's talking about if God didn't tell you to believe for something, you have no business believing. Right. If God didn't tell you to believe for uh, an airplane, then you don't have any business believing right. for it. Right, and that's point. kind of you the need to put your faith on what God puts. Is that your you know, faith has to align with what with God says? What God says, because if your faith isn't aligned with what God says, it's nothing more than manifestation. That's exactly right. You know, you can try to manifest that Lamborghini all you want to. You can believe God for this Lamborghini all you want to, and I use Lamborghini because they're like two hundred fifty, four hundred. I mean, three hundred and sixty thousand dollar cars. But what I'm saying is, is like we can believe God for this car all we want to. But if God didn't say, I want you to believe for this car, then you have no business believing. Now, God's not against you having these type things. No, but when it comes to things that are not, when it comes to things that are promised, that are controversial in Christianity. Oh, my goodness. You know. Those are the things where people really get freaked out and start making accusations. There's an entire, um, like, there is an entire sect of Christianity, community, community where their entire ministries are based on attacking other ministers and ministries and labeling them as false prophets and wolves in sheep's clothing. Taking advantage of people. Taking advantage of people. if you give to my ministry, if you give to my church, you're going to be blessed. Yeah, and so, well, those people do exist, and so they're Well, I'm just saying, like, if God didn't tell you you have Exactly, but you have people who take, so you have, you know, kind of the people who do that and have no Mm -hmm. business doing that. Then you have the people who see that and treat the entire principle like they label the they entire the, principle. Yeah, they, they throw, throw the baby, the baby out with the bathwater. Bath yeah. Yep. And so then, you know, where does that where does that leave us as Christians with completely without faith? Because there are things like the Bible doesn't promise us a Lamborghini. No. But the word does promise us health. And yes. that's something that is um And believe it or not, it incredibly controversial. Health and prosperity are both promised together many times. Right. You know, and prosperity is not just your bank account number. Uh, Joseph, for example, when he was in the slave trade before Potiphar bought him, uh, the Bible says that he was successful because God was with him. He was already successful. He probably had no clothes. He was a slave being bought by an Egyptian magistrate. He had no... Uh, he had lost his family. He had no resources. Daddy's money was gone. They took his coat of many colors. He was naked. And so, but he was successful. Well, why was he successful? Because God was with, was with him. And being successful has a lot more to do with with God being with you. And God is with us more now than he has ever been. I was talking about this this morning at the uh, when I was sharing uh, at the nursing home uh, that God no longer is out there somewhere. God is in us, and that makes us successful. Well, that was for Joseph. Was it, though? See, everything written in the Bible is for our benefit. Everything. And Joseph being absolutely stripped down but still being successful in God's eyes, that's for our benefit. And see, Joseph didn't have God living in him. Now, he had the anointing, 
He didn't have that covenant. But he didn't have that. It's a different covenant, totally different. And on this side of the new covenant, ratified in the blood of Jesus, we have got in us the hope of glory. And so we are much more successful than Joseph ever was. And you see what happened for him. I mean, he was able to provide for not only become the prime minister of Egypt, the largest superpower in the world at that time, but he also was able to provide for 70 people of his own family. I mean, I don't know about you, uh, but, I mean, that's a lot of people. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got five kids, and I realized that 70 people, that's a, lot. that's a lot of folks to take care of, you know. And he was able to take care of it out of the resources that he had saved in his current country, you know. Uh, they, they were even given land, like a place for his people to, to inhabit and grow in, so on and so forth. So anyway, what we're trying to get at is, is that how important it is that we don't let go of these fundamentals, okay? Or that we teach them because some people can't let go of them. They never had them. Right. And so one of the things that is such a big deal to us is truly getting a hold of these things. These are basics of faith. These are right. things like um, healing, things like, um, right. you know, shoot me in the foot, but prosperity, Right. You know, and I'm not saying that God wants everybody to have a private jet and a sixty-four thousand dollar house and sixty-four square foot house, sixty-four thousand square, square foot, foot house. house. Yeah. I don't know what I said, but yeah. um, I'm not saying that you know the Lord. That's the Lord's desire for everyone. But I am saying maybe we all not shoot the preacher who has those things because those may help him reach a different well, audience. You have no idea. I mean, like most people that criticize folks that have that kind of uh, resources. I don't say wealth, but like resources. Right. You have no idea. That guy is flying and doing meetings in three different states in the same day. Right. He is going all over the world. And not just that. You don't see all the houses and the clinics and the, the, the dormitories. Right, the things that they and, give away. And the money that they give away and the and the missionaries that they support. And some of these right. missionary, missionaries are in the trenches actually living every day, day in and day out. And they count on that support. Uh, I'll give you uh, somebody's favorite, Joyce Meyer. You know she digs wells all over Africa that they don't have clean water, and she takes no telling how much money and digs wells. You know, we don't realize that the preaching part is probably ten percent yeah. of what they actually do and what they've accomplished. And but if because you really they go have look at it, resources and. And things like that, they're able to go out into the world, right? And so, but the the basics and the the principles, health, prosperity, you know, salvation, and by prosperity, infilling and the Holy Spirit. Yes, infilling of the Holy Spirit is a big baptism way. of the Holy Spirit with fire, speaking in tongues. Oh, people love that. I just want y'all to know we are not cessationists. We're not. Um, We're not at all. And that's what I was saying. But, go, kind of going back to. You know, there are groups and, and, and communities in the body of Christ that they are taught that this stuff has passed away, and they are stripping the people that listen to that. Well, you're removing the super from the supernatural. Yeah, they're stripping them of any kind of resources that they have to overcome in right. life. Right. At that point, you, you completely remove the Holy Spirit from the equation, and then if we don't have the Holy Spirit, what do we have? Well, if you if you go look at a lot of those folks— uh. They depend on themselves more than they depend on God. So in life, um, they, they'll go through life and they'll be uh, greedy, stingy people. Some of them are generous. I'm, just, I'm not saying, but they, what I mean by that, uh, let me take that, let me, let me back up and kind of expound on that a little bit. What happens is, is they become so dependent on their, lim- on their limited resources that they are terrified that it'll be taken away. That they'll lose it, okay? Their health, they're terrified of losing their health. They're terrified of losing their money. And uh, they become miserly, okay, uh, in, in all aspects, you know. I'm going to take care of me and mine, but outside of giving a little bit here to the church, uh, dropping a little money in the offering plate, there's a song about that. That's just, I mean, a little money. I mean, come on, we're talking about eternity here. And so, uh, they 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 become 
it's almost like they shrink back because their resources to live a prosperous, godly life is so limited. You know what I'm saying? So because they have to depend on their own brain, their own intellect, they have to depend on their own ability to create income, they have to depend on their own. That's why they become so dependent on doctors, especially when they get in their old age. It's like that's all they want to do is go to the doctor. Well, I have to live as long as possible. I just rather stop, not stop going to the doctor. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not saying stop going to the doctor. What I am saying is, is they know they because they can't depend on God. They have to depend on the doctor. So they don't have a choice. The solution to this then is to build our faith to where we can depend on God for all of these circumstances for when there is financial lack for when mm-hmm. our health is you know seems like our health is coming up against us for when you know I mean the, the most basic thing that you have to have faith for is salvation mm-hmm. and that is you know that's the beginning of all of it but the bible speaks specifically about having faith for salvation. Well, they don't even and believe that some of these people. And it's not our faith that gives us salvation. It's the faith of Jesus right. that he gives to us. Well, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, it says, by, faith you're, or by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God. What's the gift of God? <coughs> the salvation is the gift of God. The grace is the <coughs> gift of God. And the faith. See, you don't generate your own faith. The Bible says the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You don't generate your own faith. You just don't. Uh, That faith comes through the word of God, by the grace of God, and through this process, you're saved. That's not, you're not working out your own salvation by doing good works. You're working out your own salvation by faith, by receiving the grace of God. And the Bible tells us specifically how to get that or how to build it. Well, it says it gives us all a measure of faith. The measure but, of faith. Right. But to build that faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of mm-hmm. God. So in order to build that faith, we have to hear the word. Well, why? Because how can you have faith in it if you don't understand it, if you don't know what right. it is? Ignorance is like, the Bible says it, it like this about ignorance. That says that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Right. Ignorance They're destroyed is, yeah. because they don't know. Ignorance is just not knowing. It's not stupidity yeah. either. That's a whole other topic. Well, that's like but getting out here on this road knowing. right here, this road right outside this building. If you've ever driven through this town, uh, we're in Madison right now. Um, the police are everywhere. And and this is a quiet town, so they don't have anything to do but to give you a ticket. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that they're not out there doing their job and keeping these people safe here. But what I'm saying is, is that... If you speed, this road is like 35 miles an hour. They will get you if you do 45. But you could say, well, I didn't know it was 35. Or I didn't know I was going so fast. I wasn't, you know, I was just driving along. That doesn't excuse the fact that you did Ignorance is no excuse for breaking the law. That's what they're going to tell you. And the really hard part about that is, is that the law... There's so many laws that we probably break every day and don't even know it. Did you know, just as fun fact, <laughs> I believe it was uh, Old Miss that they had a rule there that you could bring your sword on campus. And because nobody did that for so long, I mean, Old Miss is an old place. Uh, they, nobody did that. For, it, could be, it could be, I think it's Old Miss. But anyway. Uh, nobody did that for so long. Nobody knew about it. Nobody really practiced that. But one day, some kid, I don't know, 20 years ago, decided he was going to bring his sword. They had to change the law because nobody (laughs) knew that that was uh, a rule. Nobody knew that. So anyway, uh, you know, back to these people that, because really the premise of this this specific hour-long podcast is that People in Christendom, people in the body of Christ, they don't know what they don't know. And because we're not being taught these things outside of certain circles, that people are dying because of it. Literally dying because they don't know that God heals. 
or they don't believe that he still heals. And people are, I mean, there's people, there's people that have never heard. They don't even, they can't even rebut these things because they've never heard them because they don't, they don't read the Bible. I think, uh, what was it, like 5% of Christians, professing Christians actually read their Bible. Oh, those numbers, the state of the Bible. It's sad. We get emails from the state of the Bible. Yeah. And, um, oh, you know what? Hold on. I'll just pull that up real fast. We get emails from the, um, if you don't know what the state of the Bible is, uh, I don't even know the people who put it out, but I'm really grateful that they do. Um, but they basically do, like, surveys of mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. Um, and and put out the statistics of, like, what people are reading their Bible. What do what do professing Christians? Well, yeah, I mean, some of believe. them don't even read so many verses, or some of them don't even read more than a chapter uh, every week. And the ones that are reading their Bible, <coughs> it's like a weekly reading. It's not even a daily thing. And listen, I'm not perfect at reading my Bible every day, but. I try to get a chapter in every day. And some people say three chapters. And I will say this, that if you do read three chapters, your mind starts to get into it and you start picking up things, you know. And um, and we can talk about Bible reading and stuff like that later. But the thing is, is that most Christians, they don't even read their Bible. They don't, they don't, um, so they don't know what's in it. And they don't know why they're being told what they believe and that's the thing, you know, you can't just rely on your preacher or pastor or minister or priest or whatever to tell you what's in the Bible and why it does or does not apply to you. What you need to do is you need to read the Bible and let the Spirit of God tell you have to what applies. We we'll might have to yeah. talk about that on another session. But the thing is, is that we can't be ignorant, Okay. And if we are ignorant, we can't be mad at God because we're experiencing the fruit of our ignorance, you know. <coughs> Should have brought a water. Uh, it's okay. The In 2001, I believe, could be 2003, I may be off, uh, a, a, a preacher, a uh, minister, that had ministered for like 50 or 60 years, named uh, Kenneth E. Hagan. He, he went home to be with the Lord at like 87. And when he was young, like 17 years old, uh, for like a year and a half, he had a heart condition and a blood disease that they couldn't fix. M- medical science at that time was totally different from what it is because we're talking about the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, you see. So anyway... They, they didn't know how to fix They said they would take blood and it would come out and it would look orange because he had no red blood, cell, red blood cells. That's not good. So anyway, uh, he was delivered of that at 17 years old. And since he was 17 years old, he started preaching. And uh, he, like as a, as a boy, as a young, young person, he began to take pastorates of like Baptist churches and Pentecostal churches and all of these churches because he just took, he just did what he could, you know, and there wasn't the community, like church community at that time in the 30s and 40s was nothing like what it is today, okay? And he kind of actually pioneered a lot of the stuff that we do have today, like travel ministries and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and, of course, there were some preachers that were preceded him, but he kind of made, like, our circles more mainstream, okay? Well, anyway... uh. When he passed away in the early 2000s, <coughs> he, he had told a lot of ministers that if we don't continue to teach the principles of faith, then it won't take long before they start waning and we start losing these things. That I mean, this, is what, this was his life, life's work. And he taught faith and how to believe God to people for 40 or 50 or 60 years and i'm telling you now it's 20 years later and we're starting to see what he yes. was warning us again we have a hard time i should say hard time but we there are very few people that we meet just in you know everyday life who 
understand how to live by faith mm. or who. And it's not, it, this is not something that we're saying pridefully, like we're yeah, just up here and everybody, that's not, that's not what we're saying. But it is something that we live differently, not better, but differently. Differently. And, and, and honestly, it's a lonely place. It's a well, it very is a lonely, lonely place, place because a lot of people will leave your life and you think that they're like, that they live these, this life and they don't, they don't live this life. And I think a lot of times people hear it and, and it sounds great. It, it does sound great. But again, you get these people that are infantile in their understanding of this type of living. And when, the, when they, when they enter into that, they start believing God for all these things that God never told them to believe for. Right. Because mm-hmm. they heard brother so-and-so believe for an airplane. I'm going to believe for an airplane. You don't even understand that realm. Airplanes are not right. cheap. You think a Lamborghini also, is expensive? <laughs> what do you need an airplane for? <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're not try- <laughs> I'm just using it as an example because it is such a stretch for people's brain uh, that, that why would you need an airplane? Well, there's good reasons for it if you need one. You know, but what I'm saying is, is like, some people don't even know how to believe for their next meal. They don't even know how to believe how to lo- lose weight. They don't know how to believe to, uh, you know, pay their mortgage. They don't know how to believe God so that their kids are doing well in school. They don't know how to believe God for a lot of things that affect our lives. But the place for us to learn that, and it's not, these are not all things that, by the way, this is, this was not a list of things that we've got down pat. We can do all of Oh, these no, things. I'm just using examples. These are, well, right, but these are things that, like, we see not just in our lives, but also in the lives of other people where like these are that list of things was a list of things that everyone needs in their lives. Like we all need our next meal. Yeah. You know, oh, well, we yeah. may all not need our next meal, but like we yeah. need a meal at some point to sustain our lives. <laughs> and we want <laughs> we want our children. People don't know how to be hungry. To, in this country. I, <laughs> I, like, be hungry. I can't tell you how many hours a day we think about. Food do you enjoy when I'm hungry? Food. You cannot enjoy when I'm hungry. I do not. <laughs> but this Go list of say. things was it is a list of things that in general we should as believers have the faith to accomplish right or have the like we should be able to believe for these things to be accomplished in our lives through faith because at some point every believer is going to run into it you everybody deals with something see everybody has a story uh, right here in this room um daniel does a podcast about recovery right and everybody has a story mm-hmm. And a lot of the stories that you would hear in the on that podcast are probably very like really? you know tough situations, yeah. you know. But God is our deliverer. And he has set us free from those things. And we can believe God to be delivered from whatever it is, mm-hmm. hurts, pains, drugs, you know, any type of sin. And we can believe God for good relationships. We can believe God because we're supposed to love one another. You know, we're supposed to have, God wants us to have that love in our lives and stuff. <coughs> so, but yes, there is a laundry list of things. And here, let me, let me say this too. God has already accomplished all these things. We are more than conquerors. Jesus has overcome the world for us already. He said, be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world, right? And so, like, deliverance from sin, deliverance from devils, healing, uh, provision, salvation, uh, the gift of the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then the gifts of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. All of these things are already accomplished. And faith is simply receiving those things. It's like God's standing there. He's got all of these good gifts. Like that in sheet. With an open that, hand. With an open hand. Like that sheet that came down from heaven in front of Peter on the Simon the Tanner's house by the ocean. Right? Uh, God has his hands open and filled with good things. And all faith is, 
is reaching out and it's taking those things things that he's already given us things that he wants us to have things that he's already accomplished paid for they're done past present and future they are already done and all we have to do is take them receive them apply them and apply them to our lives now is it does it always happen overnight? Sometimes it does. I've seen some overnight stuff. We've seen overnight stuff. But we've also seen things that, that we've we believed God for. for. Yeah, I mean, we have four children born to us, but we've lost a bunch of them. Fifteen. So if you think about it like that, does that make us unsuccessful? Or does that mean that God gave us four wonderful, beautiful children you see what I'm saying? And then put a fifth in our lives. And then we got a fifth one, you know. And that's not even <laughs> probably all the children that we're going to have, uh, you know, what I mean. Like, we support missionaries. Time. Think about all the children that are affected by that. Uh, we've we've built houses in Mexico, dormitories in Mexico right. and stuff like that. By the grace of God, you know, I'm not patting us on the back, but how many children are affected by that? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, <coughs> but I think the thing is, the principle is simple, but it's not always easy. And I think if we no. are looking for easy faith, then we need to look elsewhere. And that's, I think, kind of the problem that you run into with a lot of these young people in this. Well, it's in our this it's our culture. Thinking. We have a fast food culture. We, yeah, want, we want everything right, right now. Pop it in the and microwave. Five minutes later, it's ready. <laughs> that's exactly right. It just took me off guard. That you said. <laughs> I You're to, right, though. I buffered a little bit. There. Yes, you were buffering. <laughs> You're right, though. We do have a culture that is right now. We have to have it. But we forget me and mine. The list of all the fathers of the faith who died without having seen the promise. That didn't mean right. that the promise didn't exist. That's but right. sometimes God makes promises to people. I I watched a um. Oh, I I hope I can find this. I don't know that I can. If we can find it when we get over this, I'm a, well, maybe we can link this in the show notes. But I watched a, a TikTok the other day. Excuse me. Of the, it was like the Pentecostals of Sydney. And it was mm-hmm. this woman. And I hope we can find this. I don't know if this is copy. I don't, is it copyright infringement? On t- I don't know. I'm I think you can show up to three minutes. Police well, are on the way right now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, or 30 seconds or something I don't know. like that. I'm just going to tell about it. It was the, 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 I know it was the Pentecostals of Sydney. Um, and it was this woman and she was talking about how she remembered when she was 11 years old mm-hmm. and she remembered standing out in the hallway and hearing her mother just wailing oh, yeah, in yeah. her bedroom, just hollering, wailing. And she said it was just a really long time of just hearing her mother in there. She knew she was in prayer, but she just could hear like the travail in her Crying mother, Lord, yes, yeah. she was just. Thank you for the definition. <laughs> um, she was. She was. She was just crying out to the Lord. And this, you know, eleven-year-old girl standing out in the hallway, you know, and her mother came out, and her face was swollen from crying. And um, she said, "Mom, are you okay?" And her mama said, "Yes, but the Lord just spoke to me, and He told me that one day I would sing mm-hmm. and worship the Lord in front of millions of people." Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she said they, they went to a teeny tiny church and her mother led worship, but she, I mean, it was like 20 something people. Right. And um, I hope she hears this and I'm telling this right. Cause I know I'm not doing it the justice that she did. It was yeah. her story. She was there. But she was there. Right. <laughs> and you so can't, you can't, no she, you know, her mother then led worship for 50 something years mm-hmm. and, um, and, and her mother lived with them, and they took care of her mother in her elderly age. And then her mother passed away, and um, as her mother was crossing over to go home to be with the Lord, her mm-hmm. mother was just singing the same hymns that she had always sung. And mm-hmm. she just, the, the, the closer she got, the more passionately she sang them. Peaceful. And yes, and it was, you know, she said it was, it was peaceful and it was beautiful, but she just sang these, these worship songs like she was worshiping on stage, just as she always had. And they videoed it and they played it at her, um, at their funeral. They had their, her mm-hmm. funeral in their home. But when 
Um, they woke up the next morning after the funeral, her husband, and, and these people are in their, I want to say they're in their 70s. Mm-hmm. She woke up the next morning, her husband said, uh, babe, I, I think I think that video of your mom went viral. She was like, well, I don't know what viral, you know, like what, <coughs> I don't know what constitutes viral. Yeah. I don't even know what constitutes viral. But they looked at it and there had been like 60 something thousand views overnight. Wow. And so this woman, you know, 50, 60 years earlier, the Lord had spoken something to yeah. her that the, some meaning that her life was going to, and that's a big thing. And I right. know that like, I am a worship leader. And so I know that if the Lord spoke that to me, I'd be like, all right, like, let's do this. What concert when, halls yeah, are we where? booking tomorrow? Yeah. And you know, like we want everything now, but this woman faithfully worshiped the Lord right. in a small church and in churches, you know, all over, but she did not see that, right. but her child did. Right. Her child got to see the manifestation of the the prayer and the travail and the faith yep. of her mother 60 years down the road right. after her mother was gone. Right. And so the things that we have faith for, we we want everything to be tomorrow and, and you know, we're no exception here. We and we we don't want we want to be the exception. Right, but we need to realize that just because the principle is simple doesn't mean that it's going to be easy getting there. Right, and it doesn't mean that you're just going to have faith one day and then it's going to happen. Faith has to be built, and faith right. has to be sustained. There is a period of time in between, like I've heard stories of, for example, somebody gave X amount of dollars to this person like a minister sowed a thousand dollars into another ministry mm-hmm. and they really didn't have the thousand dollars. i mean they had it but they they it was like the last thousand dollars right. they had or, or something it was already is, allotted for something else yeah it was allotted to this other program or uh, uh, uh another department in their ministry or whatever and they sowed the thousand bucks and then by the time they got home Somebody was writing a thousand dollar check. I mean, not a thousand, hundred thousand dollar check. Right. And it just changed their whole situation. I've heard those things, but I've also heard of people that are living a certain lifestyle. Like, you know, Katie and I have made a decision to walk away from debt. And that (laughs) is not easy. Well, I mean, it's tempting. I mean, especially if you need something. It's right. The, the fast food culture is, it's, uh, it's we're going to go out there and we're going to sign a piece of paper and we're going to drive the truck. And in 45 days, we'll make our payment. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but we've made a decision to walk away from that. Now, let me say this. We have debts, debts that are getting paid that need to get paid. And, and, uh, but we are believing God to not only not go into debt, but also to get out of debt and to live a lifestyle of being debt-free and still have the things that we need and want or whatever. That's going to take faith. But the Scripture teaches us that we shall lend to many nations and not borrow. Okay? And all you can say, well, that's for the Old Testament, that's for the Jews. I mean, yeah, but uh, Jesus was a Hebrew. And according to the New Testament, we're in him. Well, I mean, according to the New Testament, also, we are <coughs> the circumcised of heart. Therefore, we are also exactly. the of Abraham. So we are the stock of Abraham. We're in the tree, grafted into that tree. And those promises belong to us just like they did to them or still do to the, to the Jews. But what I'm saying is, is that that lifestyle is going to take living by faith because it is easy to be like Abraham and create an Ishmael. Yes. And to do things in our own strength. But then that kind of bites you in the butt later so on. bad for Ishmael. Well, he kind of catches his, a lot of flack, but it wasn't his fault. fault. <laughs> but God, but you know, God blessed Ishmael. He did. he did. He blessed him and he blessed his mama. And that shows his grace. And he and took care mercy. of him. You know what I'm saying? But God, but that goes to show that even the father of faith, Abraham he did tried to do things too. in his own strength. <laughs> and that's what I'll, I'll, that's all I'm saying. We have to be mindful But the Lord was still faithful to him. Still. Still. He was still faithful. I was reading I was reading this today where the Lord was like, all right, 
you know, you did this. That was dumb. Yeah. But I have still promised you. That's right. And he, even after that, God still gave him the promised child. And so anyway, uh, so, uh, for example, we, we've heard these things and we've experienced things where God gave us a fast manifestation. But then there's also things in our lives that we know that are going to take time. You know, God could write a check and pay off everything right now. But see, there's more to it than that. We have to be different people. Show this mental picture of the Lord writing a check. Yeah, I mean, I can <laughs> see this check being But we've had, yeah, we've, <laughs> stop. <laughs> We have had instances in the past where, you know, we had we had one time we moved from Mississippi to Tennessee when our second daughter was really, really tiny, like mm-hmm. six weeks old. Dumbest thing we've ever done in our lives was move with a six-week-old. Mm-hmm. Probably not the dumbest, but it was not comfortable. And so anyway, we didn't get the insurance on the U-Haul because we were poor, like poor, poor. Yeah, and that $30, $40 <laughs> we were, we were dead broke. <laughs> and... um. We were driving, well, he was driving, I was driving the car following, and a deer ran out, like, ran out of the woods and directly into the front quarter panel of that U-Haul. If you don't know what these trucks are made out of, they're made out of fiberglass. So it destroyed that truck. I was like, that means nothing to me. I don't know. There's no metal in the front of those trucks. It it didn't, the mess out of that front of that. And so, and it cost, it it was like $7,000. Which was a number at the time we could not even fathom. Look, this was back when I was making five hundred bucks a week. It was you know? like we, which went a lot further back then than it did now. It does well now, for but, us, yeah, it did. But we 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 had nothing left at the end of every week, and so we, um, anyway, this it went on our credit obviously because we couldn't afford to pay it, and then um, years like I mean it was probably two and a half, three years later. Yeah. We got a no. We didn't get a letter in the mail. It literally two and it, it just disappeared. It just disappeared. It We're, was two and a half, yeah. three years after the seven thousand dollar debt just completely disappeared. It was and gone. over the years, we've seen where we've had medical bills. Um, well, tell them about that, the medical bill. I know we're running out a little low on time, but tell them about the medical bill that just disappeared. Well, remember they the the some nonprofit. It was a church. It was a church thumbed here. Up, thumbed up our church, medical bill and paid it. A church in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Yeah. I don't remember which one. If Thank I did, I'd people. give them a shout out. Thank Whoever you so you are, much. I hope you know who you are. Yeah, I hope you have a major increase and you're able to build whatever but you want to build and buy whatever you need to buy. It was like a $2,600, um, It what it was was a bill from a miscarriage is yeah. what it was. It was like a twenty. Six twenty-seven. It was a bill that from a, a miscarriage that we had had, and we couldn't afford to pay it, and it went on our credit. And, and we weren't even specifically believing God to pay. No, that bill. we well, We've we didn't. We had just gotten a letter. Us, you know? We had just gotten a letter about it like a couple of months before, mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, my goodness, we can't afford to pay for this. And mm-hmm. then it was maybe three or four week, three or four months later, that we got a letter in the mail that said, "Hey, so and so church has wiped this bill clean," and so. So we're very grateful. All of these things to say that the basics of faith, the principles of faith that we're going to be talking about and teaching are so vital to your life, not just it's a make or break financially, yeah. but for your health. I mean, it's literally life and death spiritually, life and death physically, mentally, mentally, emotionally. I mean it is it is all encompassing because we do serve an all encompassing God. Yeah. But the things we're going to be talking about over the course of this podcast is faith and how that applies in our lives. We're going right. to talk about faith and parenting. We have a, a lot of kids and nobody right. knows what they're doing. Nobody does. And um, these things don't come with a manual. They just come with two people who have <laughs> no idea what they're doing. Let me, uh, we've got like 20 seconds. So let me read this and then we'll shut off. <laughs> it's um, like on that one hour mark. Right. Isn't that right? Do what you want. Come on, read oh, your Bible. We can be willy nilly. Daniel's I'm hungry. Right that. Okay. Let me read this to you. And then, then we'll, you know, we'll let Daniel go home. Um, Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. That is the whole verse. Now he goes on to say other things, which are very important. But the point I want to try to make is, 
Have faith in God. Believe God. What do you believe about God? Read the Bible. Learn. Start in the New Testament. And let that form your perspective for the Old Testament. That is the bottom line. Have faith in God. Thank you for joining the Cultivated Grace Podcast. We thank you for all the people that jumped on the Facebook Live and commented. We thank you. I see Willie McGinnis. We love you. Hi, Willie. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you, Daniel. Thank you for having us. and we'll, go, we'll be back next week.